envisioned three female attorneys coming together to have our voices heard. Each of us would have different opinions, different passions, different backgrounds, and different views. Although we are different and unique, we are able to come together to discuss our experiences navigating through the legal profession and this thing called life. Now, the vision has come alive, and we invite you each and every week to listen to us as we talk about what's trending in the news and our legal insight. Tackle real-life issues that affect not only us as attorneys, but us as women of color. Disclaimer. This podcast is intended to provide entertainment and general information. The information provided and the views given are not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as legal representation. All views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever we are affiliated with now or will be affiliated with in the future. Hey guys, it's your girl Brandy and welcome back to another episode on No Further Questions. We hope everybody is enjoying their summer. I know the kids are out and probably, you know, y'all nerves. But hey, it's summertime. Um, <laughs> before we get started, let me introduce y'all. Let my girls introduce themselves. Sam Fraze. Hey, y'all. Not only are the kids out, but the sun's out, fun's out, bun's out. Hot girl summer. Look at Food you. out season. <laughs> Excited to be here. Excited for the summer. And guess what? It's Pride Month. Pride Month. It is. Break out your rainbows. <laughs> It's June. Hey, guys. You know, summer is not my favorite time of the year because it's so hot and people don't want to wear like deodorant and stuff. So (laughs) I feel like that's a rest by case. (laughs) I'm going to say it up front. Take a shower. Use deodorant. It's, it's your friend. Not you can your. still wear your mask. Beyonce wore her mask to the game, so that means masks are still in. Oh, I'm still wearing my mask. You can still Hold wear on. your mask. Let me tell you. Vaccinations are in, too. <laughs> well, as Sam stated, it is Pride Month, so June is, June is also known as Pride Month, and we are doing an episode on um, in, in celebration of the month. So we have a wonderful guest. Ms. Kendra Walker, please introduce yourself and tell everybody, tell our listeners about you. Oh, wow. Okay. So my name, as they say, is Kendra Walker. Um, I am executive vice president of Pride Houston. Um, do more than that, marketing. I'm over there, events. I'm also their treasurer. I also sit on the board of the Montreux Center, which is one of the largest uh, health advocacy groups for the LGBTQ community. Um, and I sit it within their philanthropy department. I also own a group, Lesbians of Color, that is geared toward the um, health and advancement of queer women of color. And we throw great parties, just, you know, put that out there. And um, by day, I'm actually um, a software developer in energy trading and risk management. I know it sounds very boring, uh, but, you know, that's what I am by day. So that's me. And I'm happy to be here today to talk to you guys about my community. So, Well, thank you for being um, a guest on our show. We really appreciate it. And we are here. So let's, let's dive in. Let's talk about it. So, Kendra, let's start with the basics. Because there's a lot of letters that we need to understand. <laughs> so take your time and educate us. 
what is and I could be messing this up so definitely you know correct me if I'm wrong but what what does LGBTQ plus mean okay so and if I'm missing out some letters then you know let us know too so LGBTQ plus L is for lesbian gay I mean G is for gay gay man um B is for bisexual um, T is for transgender. Q is for um, queer or questioning. Um, and then the plus, basically because sexuality is so um, diversified, um, especially gender expressions are very diversified as well. You know, intersex, asexual, and then they put a plus on the end of that, right? pansexual and, and and it just goes on and on so as i was i think i was telling samantha samantha earlier you know most people use lgbtq plus for the community but there is a kind of generational divide you have the younger generation who will use queer community because they feel like that's all encompassing but as we know queer was used as a slur back in you know stonewall when you know when we were being really persecuted so the older generation really doesn't rock <laughs> with uh, the word queer as much. However, you know, generation to generation, it changes, it evolves. So the younger generation has reclaimed that. I actually consider myself a queer woman of color. So I would say I lean more on the side of the uh, new generation only because, you know, even within lesbians, you have lipstick lesbians, chapstick lesbians, Thud, doms, films. It goes on and on when it's all just different variations of your expression. So, so then I have a question now. Oh, I have an answer. <laughs> because you said transgender, right? Transsexuals are, wait. Well, they don't okay, use the word wrong. transsexual anymore. We didn't, no. we're off transsexuals, we're transgendered. Not with the ED. <laughs> Transgender. Yes. Okay. But wouldn't that be gender and not your sexual preference? So why is that included in the sexuality portion? Right. So if you look at gender expression, um, that more closely aligns with um, sexual expression as well. Um, you have, how can I say, trans men that are still interested in men, and we would consider them gay. And we consider our, um, the LGBT community will say our trans siblings, because we do realize there's a difference between sexuality and gender expression. However, <laughs> you guys, um, not you guys, but Society persecutes us just the same. And so we are allies to each other's causes. Our common causes are accepting of people and diversity and inclusion. And so if you want to throw that in there, straight people, you know, on the spectrum too, because they are varied as well. <laughs> There's a whole song, I kissed the girl and I liked it. So I'm just <laughs> saying, <laughs> you know, um, we consider... Um, gender expression as very much a part of our community as sexual expression or your sexuality. So they are part of the community 
And there's just, yeah, no question about it. That's how that we accept that. Okay. I just always wondered how did gender were intertwined with this? Well, if, if you look at it, if you look at it, um, as far as fighting for causes and the Stonewall riots, it started with a transgender woman of color. That, that was what the Stonewall riots was about. She is the one who threw the bricks. It started with a riot and she was the one who led it. So they have always been part of our community and always considered as our uh, trans siblings and brothers. Yeah, sisters. I feel like y'all are going through the same thing that Black people went through, and eventually y'all will just settle down. Like, you know, we went through like Negro, then Negroid, then African American, and then find then people tried to like move towards people of color, and now we're just back to Black. Just call me plain old Black. Just Black. Yeah, and you still have some people who prefer people of color because, you know, we we uh, concentrate on, you know, the African-American or the Black struggle. But when you look at our Native Americans or indigenous um, people to this land, they go through the same thing. When you look at other minorities, um, trust me, any skin that is not, um, you know, pale, you usually go through the same struggle, biracial, same thing. You will find out that a no, lot no. of your um, Hispanics go through a struggle as well. So I feel like there is um, persecution a lot of times, believe it or not, minorities, I hate to say it, pers persecute other minorities, which is why a lot of people don't like the people of color and they like to say, you know, black when you're dealing with the black community, because not everybody's struggle is the same. And, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like with that, um, no. Like, I feel like everyone tries to piggyback off the black people's struggle because ours is the most oppressed and went on for the longest. Yes. And so yeah. when, yes, indigenous people, they had their own oppression, Asian people, stop Asian hate. You have your own oppression. But when we start trying to compare stuff to slavery to 400 years. I mean, there is no comparison. But in today's society, uh -uh. when we start talking about like the oppression and systemic racism, it mostly affects black people. I think everybody knows that systemically red line districts, things of that nature still in, in play, really. You know, I was reading the other day about the whole redlining and how the railroad tracks were actually put in certain places to separate the black community from other places. And so it will be easier to box you in. How do I know that? Leaving a friend's house? Guess what? Train got stuck on the track, couldn't go east, couldn't go west, couldn't go north. I was like, they could bomb the whole neighborhood and we wouldn't be able to get up out of here. And this is in, you know, 2021. So I get it, but I want to be, when we talk about diversity and inclusion, especially when it comes to the uh, queer community, it is, um, we can't kind of like talk about um, trans women of color and queer women of color without mentioning just kind of like all of the oppression. Not that all of them are equal, but everybody's struggle is really for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And let's just be real, there is no 
struggle comparable to the brutality in the years of slavery of Black people, or even the systemic things that have been put in place that keep us oppressed today. But even, even with, like, within the, I'm just going to say queer community, don't throw stones. No, um, no, no, I won't. <laughs> even within the queer community, there's prejudice and racism, where Very much they so. don't want Black people in the white gay bars, or very much so. It was like black trans women are murdered at a higher rate than any other um, demographic within our spectrum. Very much so. But I don't think you can equate, like when you say, um, how can I put it? When you say our struggle is um, going through what, um, how can I say, what um, slavery, I don't even equate the queer community struggle with slavery. I don't think they're comparable, but when you're talking about oppression in general, then yeah, everybody's oppressed to a certain degree. But if you wanna compare the struggle like on a degree, I don't even think the queer community um, has faced what Black people have faced. So I don't even equate the civil rights movement with the struggle to basically be accepted as far as the um, queer community. I call them all human rights. And so I guess that's where my more focus is, the human rights of everyone to exist and to be accepted as long as what I'm doing is not affecting what's in your black, what's, what's in your neighborhood. But there, I, in my mind, there is no struggle that will ever be comparable or to the brutality. I mean, come on, our history was lost. Mm-hmm. You know, it, who's your great, great, great grandfather? Exactly. <laughs> you know, if, if we knew our history to be good, you know, it's just, it's, it's just that we lost a lot of history, a lot of identity. And when you want to keep people lost, what do you go for? Their identity, where they came from, facts about themselves. You tell them that their story started at slavery when that's not where our story started. So, yeah. I can appreciate that because sometimes you do hear in the queer community, people compare that struggle or their struggle with the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And although I believe that there is a form of oppression and that people are mistreated in in that community, I also believe that when people see you, that is up to you to decide whether you want to reveal whether you are gay or lesbian or trans. When you are African-American, you don't have that choice to decide, I'm not going to tell nobody I'm Black today. I'm going to just walk in. I mean... And I get that point, but also I can tell you now, some of us can't hide it. (laughs) I mean, and even if they weren't, you have that discrimination where you look at a person's clothes and what they have on and you assume that they are of a certain community or of a certain lifestyle when really you have no clue and they get discriminated against just the same. So I just, when people compare the two, the most that I can say or think about is maybe they're trying to forge a common ground to, how can I say, 
let you know or try to reach so that you can feel just kind of how they feel going through oppression. So they look at you, they say, okay, you're black. You went through, you went through slavery. So that's their way of reaching out. And just like you say, that is offensive to some, to some, you know, they get it. But even within our community, even though we went through slavery and all of that, let's just be very clear. The black church is the most discriminating homophobic body I have ever witnessed in my life. And I'm a preacher's daughter. So exactly. You think of people who went through as much as we did would understand any form of oppression and would not turn it around on anybody else. But we do. You have you have discrimination even within the queer community, just to be honest with you. Um, you have certain gay men who believe in, you know, very, how can I say, astute, business-like attire where, you know, they, that you wouldn't even tell every gay. And then, and they don't believe in all of the twerking or even coming out in the little speedos. They don't believe in that. And so they discriminate against them. They think, you know, you are too gay. You know what I'm saying? If that's a word. So my, my focus is really on diversity, equity, inclusion, no matter who you are. Because if we can get to that point, then as far as understanding each other, we can. Now, as far as systemic oppression of black people, that's a whole nother conversation that you really have to go back into redlining, schools, opportunities. Like this whole system was built to just basically keep black people in their place. And they used the success story of a few to say, look, there's no more oppression. I mean, when Barack became president, that's one of the things they said, racism is dead. And then came the next one. So I have a question that, like, more of a definition question, because I know we've been saying this too, but what does it mean to be queer? Like, what is queer? And what is it, like, different, I guess, from, like, lesbian and gay? And so queer to me encompasses the whole spectrum. So whether you're lesbian, whether you're gay, whether you're bisexual, whether you're trans, whether you are intersex, asexual, pansexual, questioning, it just encompasses the whole spectrum. So you don't have, um, you know, because if someone else wants to express their gender or their sexuality in a different way, then we'll add another letter. And some people say, hey, we keep adding letters as many times as we want, and that's just fine. And some will say, okay, well, queer community, just to make it easier, understandable, everybody's included, and that's, you know, and that's just how they think. But there is no authority, I can say, on this community. There really isn't. Most of the time, my brother used to tell me, we used to, we need to hear, hush, and hug. And that means God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Hear the person, just hear them out, and sometimes hush, and that's how you start to understand. You don't have to get it. You don't have to accept it. Just hear it and put yourself, you know, kind of like in their shoes. And that, I think, is where the conversation starts. I have a question. Mm -hmm. 
when and why did we decide to change straight people to cisgender? Why did we feel that was necessary? And if you aren't cis, why do you get to change that? So for me, I feel like trans men are men. Trans women are women. I think those labels came outside of our community. I call them men, I call them women. I mean, I don't see any difference between a trans woman and a cisgender woman as far as I'm concerned, because I'm not concerned with what's in your underwear. That is of no concern to me. You say you're a woman, you're a woman. But I feel like society has made us label each other. Same reason we're labeled black and white or Caucasian in this. I mean, that's that's just what, what society has forced us into class groups. That's literally, we, our whole society is built on basically putting people in different classes. Even if you look at other societies, they were based on the peasants and whether you were, you know, of royalty. You know, classification and trying to group people has been around from the Philistines to the Jews since before Christ. I don't see it changing, but where it started, who decided, but because, I, because I, society I, did not accept trans men as being men, but now you have, okay, cisgender men, trans men, when to me, you're all men. But I thought that it was just trans men and trans women, but I feel like the LGBTQ plus community made up this cisgender and they didn't tell none of the straight people, you know, like all of a sudden cisgender became this popular thing. And it was like, apparently I'm a cisgender woman and I didn't get the memo. So if you were to meet a trans woman, would you acknowledge her as a woman? I will acknowledge acknowledge her as a trans woman. I will acknowledge any individual by what they want to be acknowledged by. Meaning, if you want me to call you him, I will call you him. You want me to call you her, I will call you her. And you will be the minority. (laughs) I Well, nowadays, because you get in trouble, okay? Because some people want them and they, and I don't understand who's with you on that. Who are you going to get in trouble with? Because by far and large, the LGBTQ, um, let's say, legislative um, authorities, like right now, while we're here to talk about this bill, there's no bill except, you know, abortion for women, right, that is trying to limit your options to health care because you are a woman. Yeah. All we can think about is, you know, abortion as one of the fine, one of the limiting ones. But yet this perception. But you have access. You have access to when I say it's all about reproductive services, but no one is trying to limit your care to um, breast cancer treatment. They tried to say that having a baby was a, 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 a was it a pre-existing condition. So you couldn't get health care. That's not for insurance. women can't have babies. That's for uh, women who were born women. So, and medical science is caught up. So trans women can't have babies. They've done a uterine transplant. 
you can <laughs> hey, medical science is everything. My thing is at the end of the day, I can tell you now, cis means same. All it means is the same gender that you were assigned. And I can I can't speak for the trans community because I am of I'm not of trans experience. I'm a cooler and a color, but I will tell you, I um well, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> but I will tell you this. When society starts to accept all men equal as men and all women equal as men, you won't have a cis or a trans. You won't. I, I'm you glad won't. you defined it when you said about cis because people need to understand like what is what does that mean? So cis is you have the same. It means your gender expression is the same as your biological sex. So you express yourself as a woman, you present yourself as a woman, your biological sex is female. And then even when you come to, let's say, intersex, um, gender expression is not as concrete as you, as, as you would like to think. Let's talk about intersex. You have a person right now who is literally, she has ovaries, she has a womb but she produces more testosterone than normal. And they told her she couldn't compete in sports. So you cannot, you, you see what I'm saying? That, what, 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 what do you call that? She's born a natural woman. Her body naturally produces uh, more testosterone, but yet she's discriminated against. She can't compete in the sport of her biological sex. And when you talk about intersex, women who have female presenting genitalia, but don't have a uterus. So are they trans, are they cis? I wish we would just drop all labels and accept the person for how they say, and let's just be real. There are women who were born biologically female who still can't have babies, who still can't carry a child or get pregnant, who are barren. Are they now less than a woman? No, but I feel like we, I feel like it overcomplicates things. Cause one, I do feel like we should get rid of like, like Bob is Bob, Jane is Jane, Sue is exactly. Sue, Shaquilla is Shaquilla. Like, I feel like we should do that. But then also, I think there's a difference in being born without being able to have children and being, I think we we have to decide, well, then what makes you a woman or what makes you a man? Because what, what, what bothers me, or I shouldn't say bothers me, it doesn't bother me, but to me, it's, it's hypocrisy that if a white person says, I feel like I was born a black person, everybody would go nuts. Everyone would be up in arms. Cultural uh, appropriation, culture vulture, cancel them, you know, racism, racism, racism. But if, so, if a man says, I feel like, or a, a person who was born a man now says, I feel like I was born a woman, this is who I really am, you call me Jane, then everyone says, okay, what is now appropriate is we call him Jane. So if we're going to call this person that now wants to be called Jane, Jane, 
then why can't people pick other areas in which they feel that they identify and it be fine? You can pick whatever you want. Society, but you're you're asking, listen, I can tell you now, white woman want to be black? Cancel them if you want to. That's where your buy-in dollar goes. Trans people get canceled every day. Gay people get canceled every day and people get up in arms about it. So it cuts both ways. At the end of the day, for me, I could care less. That Rachel Dozier situation had no bearing on my life. It didn't bother me one bit. Not one. Not one. I and appreciate it, Rachel. She was very, um, from what people say, effective at her job. So... I could care less. Personally, did I think it is a bad look? Yeah. Did I think it may have been offensive to me as a um, black woman? Yeah. But at the end of the day, did she get a million dollars for getting for for pretending to be black? Um, and I didn't get it. If anything, <laughs> she just chose to put herself through a lot of turmoil for no reason. Nothing to do with me. But not going back to you said. Well, I was going to say, I think that you brought up a really great point um, when you talked about what was offensive and how Rachel was offensive yeah. to be a Black woman. And I think as a born woman, it is offensive for someone to portray to be a woman. When I was born a woman, and I'm not offended. No, so, no I'm saying as, as, a, as a natural born woman, and I think that that's where um, there is a good people majority of people that come through and say it, that there are things that as a natural born woman that we have to go through um, and we don't get to choose if we want to go through it, you know, starting at 10 to 14, a friend will come and visit you. And not every woman gets their period. That's how but one woman majority, found out but she majority was of, but majority she of women 21 and she didn't get her period. You can say majority, but you can't there are intersex people in this community. So are you going to say they're less than a woman? I haven't said anything because I wasn't able to finish it. I'm just saying, if, if you use that definition, what do you say for intersex that were born that way? Are they less than a woman? Kendra, let Taria finish real quick. Let her get her yeah, point out. I just, I, just, I just would like you know, to know, like, what do you say to those that? I'm going to go ahead and let you finish. I'll let you. It was just a question, like, I, I, I'm always curious when people go down that path, like if I'm born a certain way, then am I also less than a woman because I didn't get a cycle or because I didn't have kids? Well, let me ask you this. You said that as a black woman, what Rachel did was somewhat offensive. What was offensive about what she did? So let me rephrase that. I was offended. Oh, Offensive and, and, and offended is really the right. person. That is a personal right. thing. So why would you tell you that not a lot of people? I was offended only because if you could have done the same thing mm -hmm. and she actually, how can I say, misled. I don't believe in anybody misleading anyone. But if I live my life as a woman, if that's my expression and I'm not going home at night, living my life as a, as a man, mm 
-hmm. if I help, if that's much fine, then that's what it is. Um, I have the same problem with Candace Owens, who actually sued and had the NAACP in a discrimination suit, only to turn around and say there is no discrimination when literally you use the system. So, yeah. That is offensive to me, and I can guarantee you another person, it would not have offended them at all. Right. So, but so what you're saying is that it wasn't offensive necessarily that she was portraying herself out to to say, like if she had come out and said, well, I, I was born white, yeah, and but I identify as black, instead of just kind of fraudulently holding herself out as something that she wasn't was the offensive that was you. that was for me okay but somebody else totally different okay but i can I tell you now i lost no sleep over rachel <laughs> i didn't even follow the story could have cared less she could have kept her job and i probably still wouldn't have cared um only if like that job was meant for a black woman well i i think rachel person. may not be the greatest example just because she had some other things going on, like some some welfare fraud. I mean, you, you they had people come after her. These right. Instagram models who are just as bright, light as they want to be, but who darken their skin for models. Uh, Kim Kardashian ain't been canceled yet. <laughs> so um, mm -hmm. I'm just saying mm -hmm. it's everywhere, all over. What's official? But she never said she identified. But when you talk about cultural appropriation, and I think someone used that word, isn't that the same thing? I mean, is it? That, that that's what I'm saying, though, is that if an individual were to come out and to say people don't do it because they don't want to be placed in, you know, cultural appropriation or misappropriation. Right. But they the reason that. why. And it's accepted. It's, um, I, I disagree. I have issue. yet to see someone who said, hey, I was born this culture, but I now identify as a different culture. I have yet to see anyone. And I have yet to see someone murdered because they um, said, uh, let's just not, let's not pretend that there is not a real threat to violence. Absolutely. About saying Absolutely. that. And I've never seen someone murdered even you know probably spit at because there's not this mass exodus of white women who want to be black who pretending to be black women they might like us they might like the skin and be exotic and all that but this is not a a cultural problem people are not being murdered for no lives are at stake nobody's committing suicide because they just itching to be black right but you do have people who are murdered for being trans you do have people who are committing suicide because they can't get the care that they want. You do have people who are being committed. So I hate to say it because, you know, they consider well, themselves, that's what they are. And that's just what I, I believe. So. Let me be clear. I don't think that the trans woman or trans man struggle is an easy one, nor do I think that necessarily that they should be treated any different for whom, whatever you, whichever way, trans woman, non-trans woman, trans man, non-trans man, you're still a human being at the end of the day. 
all I, my only question was, I feel as though society, not you, but society picks and chooses what is appropriate and when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate. And I feel as though other groups of individuals who have come out, who have said, um, you know, I identify a certain way. There are people who say that they are sexually attracted to objects. Okay. But everyone, if you were to, if I were to tell you, hey, this woman loves a roller coaster, people would be like, oh, she's mentally unwell. Or if someone were to say, you know, I identify as black, even though I was born white, it would be a problem. And so I just think that as a society, we pick and choose what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And I don't, I don't see when it comes to like race versus sex and gender, why can someone pick sex, their sexual preference and gender, but when people want to pick their race or they feel more inclined to a certain culture, that that is then frowned But in no way am I saying the trans struggle is an easy one, because it's not. They're murdered, they're- And I guess you down. feel as though they they picked or they, they chose, and I not guess- Not necessarily just- that you pick or you chose, but I feel as though if I were to say tomorrow that in my true self, I've always felt that I was a white person. I've always felt that I identified as white. Nobody would give me grace. Everyone would say, I, no, you were born this way. This is who you are. You're not proud of your culture. So it's not necessarily picking, but I feel as though some people say on, on this spectrum, you don't pick. This is how you were born. This is who you are. But then when others try to do that on a different side, then it's kind of like ridiculed or made fun of. Or, but that's when yeah. your personal choice comes in, right? You don't have to be the one who ridicules. ridicules. You cannot control what any of these corporations, societies, or the mass mobs get together and decide they want to cancel. Mm-hmm. Like, no control over that. All you can control is how you react when someone comes across you that is a little, that is different or has chosen a different way. So to that, I say, who is society? We make up society. Now you can be in the majority of society that believes that, hey, you need to be canceled because of this or, or that. And let's just be very clear. I just want to correct some queer community did not create the term cisgender. It is actually something that the medical community uses. Nothing to do with us. But we we but I guess they needed something to differentiate, and that is the problem. I can guarantee you, if you and I, well, I can't guarantee you because I am not, like I said, I am not of trans experience. I can just from the people who I've talked to, those that I know intimately. If they were accepted by women as women, I don't even think this would be a discussion. But because somebody felt the need to differentiate them from others, they others came up with a term. We said, okay. 
Gotcha. Well, what, what else are we gonna do? Since we are talking about the trans experience, let's go in and talk about. Um, and I know you and I have talked about this in regard to the new Texas law. I don't necessarily think that it has passed because I was researching it. I think it was in the Senate and it was supposed to get go through the House. So I don't think it's actually a law at this time. But the it, um, it's the third iteration of okay. the same bill because it got shot down. Because at first they were trying to say like what calling parents uh, child abusers. Right. First they got as a child abuse law and they were going to throw the parents in jail. Well, yeah. And so now we're shut down. And then it got um, revived as another iteration. This current iteration says, okay, we got a better chance at punishing the doctors Mm -hmm. and taking away their insurance and their license for providing affirming care. And that is just, one is just morally wrong on so many levels. Um, men get breast cancer. So they're literally saying you can't give a man a, or someone on 18, a mastectomy. If it's for transgender affirming care, but how would you know? So now I need to open up my diagnosis that is supposed to be um, protected by HIPAA. Um, to prove to you that I need a mastectomy for something other than trans-affirming care. I don't even think it's constitutional, but this is Texas. Uh, and I don't even think they're passing it to protect anybody. This is Texas. We already know it's to score political points with a certain demographic, get the money and the donors flowing in. I don't think anybody believes that this bill is aimed at protecting children. Their parents protect them. And the doctors protect them. And you have to have, you have to go through, especially if you're a youth, you have to go through mental health counseling. This is not a process where you just go to the doctor and say, give me some pills. I think I'm a girl. That It doesn't work like that at all. And well, no doctors no doctor out here Go ahead. We have, a, um, we, we have an article on this. So we want to show the article where it says Texas Senate passes ban on gender affirming medical care. So people know what we're talking about. Yeah. Sam, you know, you wanted to chime in. So go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, and this particular type of legislation is gross to me. Like it's disgusting for the simple fact that if, if you are going to ban certain types of surgery, why are you banning gender, you know, affirming surgery, but allowing for 16 year olds to still get nose jobs, breast jobs, boob jobs, as long as their parents say it's fine. Nobody has a problem with it. Like uh, liposuction, all these things that I feel like are just cosmetic surgery, not necessarily surgery to help this individual come into their full selves, right? Um, but then it also, for people, this is a very slippery slope, in my opinion. When you start to use laws, and we've seen it from Black people, right, or from um, any minorities, when you start to use, like, medical um, procedures to oppress people, that's, that's a slippery slope, um, well, for, in my opinion. And there are no doctors getting behind this law. This law is not rooted in any type of science whatsoever. 
And if you look at it, there are no doctors out here performing gender reassignment surgery on 12 and 13 year olds. That's just, it's just blatantly false. What we're talking about is, um, well, mostly what they're talking about is uh, hormone um, suppression therapy. Mm-hmm. That if started, and, and, and just to be real, um, adolescence, um, before you hit puberty, there is literally no difference, literally between um, boys and girls as far as, you know, puberty makeup until you come into that hormone and you start to produce things like that. And that's when most um, kids start, if, if that's what they choose. They start around, you know, 10, 11, 12. But, you know, you have others who I have heard of those as young as five starting hormone therapy. Um, But I would trust the doctor and their parents. I don't think there is any parent out here forcing hormone therapy on their child. The statistics don't even support that of all who have started, you know, hormone therapy in adolescence, only 13% changed their decision when they got older. And they changed their decision because of discrimination and because of they felt a danger to themselves. So they decided to stop their hormone therapy, not because they changed their mind and decided they weren't who they were. So when you look at the statistics, They're saying they're doing this to protect children because later they may change their mind, but the data doesn't support it. But I feel like if you're going to do that to protect children, then there are a lot of psychotropic drugs that they throw on kids all the time that Mm -hmm. have long-term effects that people will gladly, you know, I represent a lot of kids in CPS and the first thing as soon as a behavioral problem pops up, they want to pump them up with all these um, psychotropic drugs, which I'm not a fan of unless you actually need it and it's supported with some therapy and med, with med management. But that seems to be fine. Like, oh, you know, if you want to put your kid on antidepressants when they're 11, um, that seems to be okay, which I'm not saying if they need it, but it's not like with hormone therapy or hormone suppression the child just wakes up and is like, I think I want to suppress my hormones today um, and stop puberty or change or, you know, like you have to go through, it's a process and it's a long process. It's not just a one time you go to the doctor and we write you a prescription. Although psychotropic medications, depending upon who's your physician, could, you know, have that effect. Or could be on the grand scheme of things, it's between the child and the parent. And like, and, and their doctor. And their right. doctor. I don't like, think like any other. You know, so in some states, a 14-year-old can go get an abortion without having any parental consent whatsoever. You know, at a certain age, your parents can't even go back there with you when you get ready to have a pap smear, you know, because your privacy is protected. And now you're going to put a legislator between me, my doctor, and my parent. It, it seems very, and it's just at the end of the day, the science doesn't support it. The data doesn't support it. So I think most people know what it's about, but there's a certain demographic when this bill came up, the donor dollars start flowing. 
you know, in the rural in rural areas where there is solidly one demographic, um, they're all for it. We have a group of legislators and sometimes politicians who literally are, how can I say, they want a job. They don't mm-hmm. want to do what's best for the people. They will vote to keep a job, not what's best for Texans or even best for kids or healthcare. And that's been stated over and over. So I, I always say the key to this, we get outraged at certain bills, but if we don't get out there and vote, if we're not at the town halls, if we're not at the commissioner's court, if we're not making noise, if we're not getting involved in the process, then it really doesn't matter how outraged we are. Do we know who's in this bill? Um, it's the Republican. It's the name is Bill something. I forgot. It's the article that we have. It's um because he's the one that he, the one that's backing and said that they're doing it to protect the children. So yes. it's like they have to look at it and protect the children. But when I was reading about it, I'm like, protect the children. You know, that's again, like we said, that's between the parent and the doctor. So yeah. Well, last weekend it was an active shooter in North Park Mall. So what about these gun locks? Um, Um, That's a topic for another day. You know, we'll have we'll be talking about that next episode. Money. It's money. (laughs) I mean I also want to know who is backing, like who is I know you say money, but who is putting funding behind I don't I guess I'm just naive or just, I don't understand. I understand why you want to keep guns on the street to make money, right? To sell guns, ammunition, things. What are you gaining by oppressing individuals from becoming who who they want to be or not allowing for parents to allow for their kids to assist them like, what's to be gained from this? I don't see how that transitions to money. It is everybody's belief system. So let's 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 just kind of start with uh, one of the legislators I was reading. She just spoke out. She was like, "We have to protect God's will." That was her reason for voting yes for the bill. I'm pretty sure she's from a rural community made of mostly churchgoers. They keep her in office. They donate to her. I mean, there are, don't get me wrong, I do believe there are some honest politicians out there who literally take it to heart. They um, vote their conscience. They may even vote against their constituents for what's good for the better state. But you have some who want to stay in office and they want to push their agenda. And who, who knows why? I mean, people, they have cults, you know, whole cults out here. Who knows why? But they have an agenda that they believe so strongly in. I'm not going to knock, you know, them from believing, but you don't legislate morality, I guess, in, in, in my eyes. We've tried it with prohibition laws and everything else. And, and where has it gotten us? It always fails because at the end of the day, as long as what I am doing 
does not hinder your life, affect your life, affect you in any way, shape, or form, why is there a law against it? It's not hurting you. It's not hurting society. But we have laws, you know, out the wazoo because of people wanting to legislate their belief system when laws are just supposed to be made to protect its citizens. Yeah, Kendra, I dropped that bomb about the uh, black church, uh, that grenade. You kind of like dropped it. Yeah, and I'm a preacher's kid. So, and so I know, <laughs> honey, hear the conversation. In church, I, I, I don't feel like that's a fair, that's, I don't feel like that's fair because there are other groups who take the same stance. I feel like sometimes the black church, not saying that there aren't black churches who are homophobic or I have a question about homophobia, but I'll get to that in a second, but who, you know, preach hate speech, but I think that there are just as many black churches, especially now today, who preach love and don't preach that message. So I, I don't I, know. We just kind of have to agree to disagree on that. And I've been to all the conferences, grew up in it. The black, the the black community, let's just be real. I know a lot of people feel like we are a very conservative community. We are a very religious community, just by by culture. We always have been. And I do believe, I'm not gonna say maybe I shouldn't have said they were the most homophobic group out there, but let's not uh, mince words. The black church is very um, discriminatory in nature. And no, they are not preaching love the uh, sinner, hate the sin. They are whole kicking people out of out of <laughs> congregations once they find out who you are. Now, you do have churches who are going to turn a blind eye because they like the choir director, they like the organ, they like the person who can sing. So you have a lot of churches that turn a blind eye to it. But yeah, I, I and yes, there are some very love affirming black churches. Um, I give you that. I just don't think they're in the majority and we can agree to disagree. And until we've gone to all of those black churches and confirmed that they're not loving and supportive, we can't make a blanket statement like that. And so on behalf of a black church going member, tide paving member, I'm going to say that um, they're not all like that. So I'm going to speak for the no, They're not all like that. And, okay. I, and well, I I'm going to speak for the black church to today. Disagree. That's well, fine. I'm and I'm going to speak on behalf of the black church. So the black church members don't come in, come after our show. We're I don't want them to come after your show. Um, <laughs> I'm non-denominational, so uh, Joe. Some of them probably wouldn't even want you having me here. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I um, I think if you read studies, you will see by and large, we that's just, and I've just accepted it. It is what it is. They have tons of documentaries on it. They have tons of surveys and studies done. And like I said, data can be misconstrued for any point. I just, we're just gonna have to disagree to disagree. I do not believe the majority of black churches have are loving and affirming of um, those of trans experience or the queer, you know, queer community at large. 
I don't see it, but. So Kendra, Kendra, um, so if we do a part two and we have a black uh, loving church on, will you come back on and we can have a whole new conversation? Sure will. We can have a whole conversation. I'll bring some that will tell you, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. I just thought about it. And church going, high fan, there's, you know, we're all, I, well, I don't know if you all are church going, you know, whatever. But. Kendra, I do have a question for you. Um, this is going to be a very elementary question. Um, and you can say I'm ignorant if you want to. But no, I don't. I don't. But no, no, I, I really have always wanted to ask this question because I've never understood why is it called homophobia instead of just hatred or discrimination or prejudice or not racism, but bigotry. Why is it hope? Because to me, homophobia means that you are scared of these people. And these people are not some of the people who say, you know, hateful things and um, just disgusting behavior, murderers. All of these is hate speech or a hate crime. If you kill someone that is not, oh, you're 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 scared of this person which you know phobia that's that's what it means when you have a phobia so why do it go from homophobia instead of just pure hatred like pure bigotry you and you have a point because not all hate speech is uh homophobic they're just hating against those that are different but there are some that are very fearful they're fearful that you're going to come for the kids. You're going to transform the kids. They are fearful of that you're going to infiltrate their spaces or shove something down their throat. They are fearful. I can tell you now, <laughs> which is which is hilarious. Um, it's not hilarious, actually. Sad when um, certain parents meet gay men they hold their kids a little closer because they're fearful that and, and for a while i hate to say it the queer community was seen as you know almost close to petty pedophilia you I mean it was it was just the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen mm -hmm. um you have women and i will say this they find out you're gay and all of a sudden they think you're super attracted to them and fearful that you're going to come on to them when you could literally, they're not a thought in your mind. So in that case, when you can be both hateful and homophobic at the same time, but I will give you that point that not all hate speech is homophobic. So when did it become that way? I don't know. I think it just became easier than trying to find out your motives for saying this to just say it's homophobic speech. But you're right. It could be homophobia. It could be hate. It could be just that you're a miserable person. And I just don't think people have that time to decipher it. At the end of the day, it's just wrong. So whether you call it homophobic hate, I think when we get caught up on kind of like, oh, well, they're not homophobic. They're just hateful. What difference does it make? Is they, they kept you from getting the job. They, they kicked you out of their place of business. They won't serve you. So at the end of the day, call it homophobic hate. I won't get caught up in that because what I'm more looking at, like I said, the labels, this, that, understand the letters. 
You don't need to understand letters when you are dedicated to diversity, equity, and inclusion. It wouldn't matter what I identify as or who I am because you don't care. You're looking at me for my character. You're looking at me for my accomplishments in whatever area that I'm bringing to what we are discussing or a job. Can, can I pay my rent? You know, and if you didn't care about the alphabets, any of that, there will be no need for any of the alphabets because diversity, equity, inclusion. And then we wouldn't have any of this, but that's just not the world that we live in. So I definitely uh, will, you know, agree with you that not all hate speech is homophobic. Some I just always felt like homophobic to me had less teeth than calling it for what it is. You know, like hate speech is protected by the constitution. Hate crimes are protected by the Department of Justice. So I just think calling things for what they are, to me, gives more bite to what you're actually doing. You're not, some people are not scared, okay? They hate these people um, for who they are and target these people for who they are. And I just think that we as a society should call it for what it is. That's just me in my own I get it. part of the community. I just, I just think we should call it for what it is. And I, get it, but I know if you talk to some psychologists or therapists, they'll tell you the primary um, reason behind anger, hate, violence, the root cause is a fear of something. But and it may not be fear gay, it could be fear just because you're different. But um, like I said, it's for me, it's, um, and, and you're asking the question, so like I said, I can see the point. I don't think all hate speech is homophobic or vice versa. But I guess we don't discuss it because at the end of the day to get caught up into whether it's homophobic or hate, that is not going to change that person's loved one who just got taken away. That's not going to change a person who is now homeless because their parents put them out. It's not going to change um, a doctor turning them away or a you know shelter turning them away for who they. None of that is going to change whether it was hate or homophobia. None of it. So, so I, yeah. So we're coming to the end of the show. So this was a good discussion, but we got to end. We got to wrap this up. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, okay, got places to be. <laughs> I get no, it. I mean, it was good, but I mean, I'm like, yeah, I, they they doing a countdown. I was like, you know, Tari is our budget, so I don't need her to come for me. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's being I gotta keep it on that cut. Um, but this was a good conversation. Um, so at the end of the show, we have what is called rest our case, rest my case. So at the so basically what you're saying is like you want to rest anything like either like a phrase or and it has, doesn't even have to be regarding to this topic. It's just like anything you want to lay to rest. So one thing, the example that I say is, you know, like one point we were all tired of, I think, hearing, hearing the word like lit or something like that, even though I still say it. But um, we would say, OK, I want the word lit to be gone. Like I rest my case. I want it to be over. So, um, Sam, you got to rest my case. No, I don't. What? I don't have one. No. Taria, you got to rest my case? I do. So, 
Um, I know it's Pride Month, and I think I said this during Black History Month. And so um, for all the different months, there's Pride Month and Black History Month and Hispanic Month. I hope that one day we don't need just a month to acknowledge each other's differences and celebrate each other uh, each other's differences, but hopefully one day we can just use the whole year and just talk about um, the different groups of people and what makes America really great, right? That we are all different and we all have our different views and um, we might not look the same, but our blood is still red and our hearts still beat yeah. and we still be the same pair. Um, and in that same vein, um, hopefully one day we can sit and have conversations um, about those differences and both sides can be open um, to listen and to hear and to be receptive, right? And it goes even now or even during election season, you know, um, I have friends that sit on both sides of the aisle and always say, I might not like everything you're saying, but I need to be open and receptive to what's going on so that I can take whatever they're saying and possibly let it be a learning opportunity. So hopefully one day we won't need different months to celebrate. We can just use the whole year. And Kendra, you have a rest of my case? I guess um, for me, just whether whatever your, your struggle is, be it um, racial or oppression or your lifestyle, power exceeds nothing without a demand. So if you're not getting involved, if you're not demanding, if you're not having these conversations, if you're not showing up when you're invited at the table, then nothing ever changes because power doesn't just give it up. You have to demand it. And that's just, and, I, and like, I, like Terry said, I hope one day society gets to a point to where you don't have to do those things and we can just celebrate each other and our differences year round. But until that time comes, keep demanding. Keep demanding, oh. keep showing up. I do oh, have the rest of my case. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> In honor of Pride Month, right? And um, I'll use my cousin as an example and I'm gonna call out some of my family. Okay. My cousin is a lesbian and she got married a couple years ago. And some individuals stated they were not coming because they didn't agree with it. And my question is, what weddings do you go to because you agree with whatever's happening? Because there are plenty of weddings that we didn't went to that the children were there before the nuptials, okay? <laughs> uh, there were plenty of weddings that we went to that he was married before they started dating, okay? Um, there were plenty of weddings that we went to knowing that you were going to get divorced or that he was a crackhead or she was a crackhead or that y'all both used to do crack. So I'm just trying to figure out when did we have to start agreeing to go and celebrate people? Stop using that excuse. If you don't want to go, don't go, okay? But sitting on this high horse, okay, when we can see all them secrets in your closet, no ma'am, Pam, okay? Let it go. 
stop doing that. We as a people got to stop. We don't agree with it. Who cares? Do you, did you have to sign a petition to come? No. That was my rest of my case. Sorry. But she didn't have one now. She, but she didn't have one. Yeah. I, listen, I thought about that. That is on my spirit. And I don't care if my family sees it. Because I don't you know when, everybody. When the spirit know. moves you, you just got to let it out. <laughs> <laughs> my spirit moved her and it um, had to come out. <laughs> my rest of my case is um, I actually have one. Because I'm usually the one that don't have one. So I actually have one. And we're going to end up talking about a lot of the Texas laws upcoming um, very soon, because we will have some legislatures, a few couple of um, legislatures on our show, which is a good thing. But I did have a conversation with one of them. And one thing, I don't necessarily know it's a one arrest my case, but more like maybe a PSA. So I had a conversation with one I'm really close to. And one thing that she said, because we do have a platform and I am grateful for this platform that we need to get the word out and use our platform. Because if you are a, a resident of Texas, they are, they're coming from us regardless if you are if you are a female and if you are a minority or if you basically if you are not in the conservative they're coming for us they yeah, look at you all the same right so the bills that are passed they're coming for us the reason for that is because a lot of them will be passed and because a special section session is coming up because um the democrats or the minority we need to vote you need to be registered to vote. You need to get out and vote. Everybody want to vote for the presidential election? President election don't help you on a local level. We need to vote. This is an attack. Like, I have issues with a lot of these bills that are coming down. And it to me, it disgusts me. And I'm angry. Some of them are voter suppression laws as well. So. Voter suppression. I'm the anti-abortion bill. Like, you know, even the one with the uh, the gender regarding the children, like though the gun laws, I mean, gun, gun you're giving them like now you don't have to have a permit to have a gun. And I am going to say I want my twenty five dollars back because I had to renew my uh, permit. I want my money back. Um, But a lot, you know, and so we know why it's being done. It could be motivated by money. It could be motivated by people want to run for president because they want these particular followers, whatever the case may be. But we need to use our platform and continuously. I want people to vote. I want you to register to vote in every I'm election because I just, you know, became a Houston resident soon. So I have to switch over my residency from Dallas County to Harris County. So I'm going to start initiative. Y'all need to come register with me. If you are not registered to vote, let's register to vote together. Y'all better, better flip this before I start saying I identify as a white male, okay? <laughs> right. No. But um, just the, you know, all elections, like you said, whether it is the PTA, local dog catcher, um, your, local, your local politicians influence your life a lot more than the national politicians do. So state, local, city. All levels, all day. Well, Kendra, why. where can you where where can our listeners follow you on Instagram, Facebook, what social media? Oh, good. So I have taken a break from the good old facial book for a little bit. Um, that was a good thing. Yeah, you know, just ways. Um, but when uh, I am back <laughs> in about a few weeks, you can follow me on Facebook at I am Krista and. 
same thing on Instagram. I am Krissa. Um, you can follow Pride Houston at www.pridehouston.org or on Facebook at Pride Houston. Same thing with the Montreal Center, www.montrealcenter.org. And then for lesbians of color at We Are LOC. And that's on every platform, W-E-A-R-E-L-O-C. So that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Sam, are we following you today? <laughs> yes, you're going to follow me to the polls um, because I normally forget my Instagram. So <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter, NFQ Pod. And um, Taria, are, we, are they following you? Yeah, I, I always let people follow me. Um, thank you so much, Ms. Kendra, for coming on, being a guest on the show. Um, and if anyone wants to talk with us more, DM me simply being T on Instagram. We're about to get some hate mail, but thank you, Kendra, for being on the show. Because I've learned a lot. I did. I learned a lot. I, I'm not well educated or well versed in the LGBT. You know what? I will say I wish people what? would judge less. So hopefully, not too much hate mail and more dialogue. Girl, they might come for us. It's fine. We need look. We need to be relevant. We need some more viewers. We got goals out here. It's <laughs> <laughs> well put this one out there I'm pretty sure <laughs> everybody everybody has an opinion they gonna come for us they gonna come for us when we talk about uh when we start talking about these laws we fine um you can follow me at brain underscore Janae and as always you can follow no further questions on Instagram at no further Q and on Facebook at no further questions and like Sam said follow us on Twitter at NFQ pod so until next time we are out.